Good morning, new song. Hello. How are we doing? It's good to see all these name Woo. tags out there. Everybody's got their name tags on. Yeah. Hello, Peter. Hello, Linda. <laughs> see how easy that is Thank when you goodness, have a name we tag? we had name tags. <laughs> We're married. <laughs> we do know each other's names. Well, good morning. For those of you who are guests with us this morning, we're sorry. <laughs> and we're so glad you're here. We are so, so glad you're here this morning on this really cold morning. Um, if you wouldn't mind, if you are a guest with us this morning in your seat back in front of you, I always feel like an airline attendant when I say that. Um, there is a connect card. We would love for you to fill that out. Um, Give us uh, a little bit of information about you. We'd love to meet you. Um, if you are a guest this morning, um, Pastor Melody, uh, Pastor Stephen, they will be outside, around. They would love to meet you. And of course, we're all wearing name tags, so we will be able to meet each other. Um, there's also in front of you a prayer card um, that if you have a prayer request, we would love for you to fill that out as well. Um, we take prayer very seriously here, and we pray constantly um, for all of you, and so we would love for you to be able to do that. All right, today is what? All right, see, you guys got it, you got it figured out. Today's Soup Sunday, so what that means is after service, stick around. We're going to uh, enjoy soup together. I saw at least five or six different soups uh, up in the the room up there, uh, getting staying warm for us uh, for a little bit later. So uh, stick around. It's, uh, it's also a good opportunity to put the name tags to use. So while you're enjoying soup, take a look at, at the name tag of the person next to you, behind you, in front of you, and uh, just get to know them a little bit better. I encourage you to use that opportunity to get, uh, get to know someone. It's really kind of why we do this, right? Not only to, to enjoy time with those that we know, but also to, to get to know other people. And if you really want to make it interesting, switch your name tag with someone else. <laughs> well, don't do that. That defeats the purpose. <laughs> it kind of does, yeah. yeah. Uh, now, what is next Sunday? One person knew it was Super Bowl Sunday. That's pathetic. Super Bowl Sunday is next week. 49ers? Chiefs? Ooh, 49ers are mean. Wow. All right. Well, you know how we're going to celebrate Super Bowl here? You're going to wear jerseys. Yeah, you're going to wear... <laughs> okay, you know that's baseball. I am aware. The thing is, it's the only sports jersey I own. <laughs> so... <laughs> he says, I'm going to wear a jersey this morning. That's it. That's what I got. Okay. Can someone order him a jersey on Amazon while we're sitting here? This is, this is awful. Anyways, don't wear that. But wear your favorite jersey. You could wear 49ers or, or uh, Chiefs or Rams. So my notes say I can wear any sport jersey that I like. Any sport. So, so I am So in, that's okay? I am in theme. All right? All right. 
So for all you hockey fans and uh, lacrosse fans and whatever else, lawn bowling. All right. Do they make jerseys for lawn bowling? <laughs> all right. Then I'm wearing my roller skates and gear. That's not a jersey. Anyway, you can wear your roller skates. I'm not going right. to hold it against you. You just wait. <laughs> Anyways, next week, wear your favorite jersey. See, any team, any sport, any, okay, all Okay, all right. I get it. Just like that. <laughs> Welcome to our home. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, coming up, we're now coming up in uh, the, the calendar on Easter. And leading up to Easter is uh, a time on the Christian calendar that we refer to as Lent. And we really want to invite you to uh, consider participating with us in the 40, those 40 days of Lent um, there's a number of different ways that you can uh, uh, participate, but basically Lent is a time that uh, is set aside for reflection. Uh, for, some, uh, for some, it's about discipline in your, in your walk and in your journey with Christ. Um, it can be, uh, there, there's a variety of different ways that, that we can uh, uh, encounter Jesus during that time. And so uh, we will be kicking that off with Ash Wednesday. That's, um, that's the start of Lent. And that falls on a Wednesday. It actually falls on Valentine's Day, which I think is kind of an incredible uh, intersection of um, talking about love and talking about Christ and how, um, how God showed his love for us through um, the cross and through the resurrection. So... Um, Ash Wednesday, February 14th, um, we will be doing uh, the imposition of ashes. You can come here anytime between 6 and 8 p.m., and uh, we will, we will um, partake in uh, the imposition of ashes. And uh, that's just a, it's a symbolic process or a symbolic uh, event that allows um, us to, again, reflect on what's coming in the, in the next 40 days and um, to identify with Christ in some ways. So um, I would encourage you to mark your calendars now. Think, think about that. It's coming up quick. I mean, we're already into February. So uh, this is, this is going to be happening soon. And um, I'd encourage you to think about uh, those 40 days and how uh, you might use that time to interact more um, with Christ and... and uh, you know, draw closer to him uh, as, through that process. Uh, so that's coming up uh, quickly here. Put that on your calendars. And um, I think that covers it. Did I miss anything about Ash Wednesday or Lent? All right. All right, let's, uh, let's pray quickly, and then uh, we will invite Melody up to, uh, to teach. Heavenly Father, God, we are um, grateful to be here as a congregation, to be um, able to gather, um, to worship. Father, there are um, many different expressions of worship, God, and I know that, um, uh, that, that each of those has uh, a layer of importance in the way that we commune with you, God. But uh, Father, as we, as we approach, um, uh, approach our teaching time, God, we just want to pause and reflect on... Um, the things that you have blessed us with and the different ways that, um, that you encourage us and teach us, God, through music, through prayer. 
Father, we have many things to be in prayer for, and I pray especially right now, God, for those who, in our uh, congregation who are ill. Father, we know that you are a great physician and that you, um, you care about your flock. So God, we just pray um, for healing for those that are suffering right now. Father, I also want to pray for those that are traveling and that are uh, not with us today. I pray, God, that you would um, keep them safe and um, that their journeys would bring them back to, to us uh, in due time. And Father, I also just want to lift up Grant and Rana to you. God, I pray that you would continue to be working uh, in their lives and bringing them some restoration while they are uh, taking, taking time away from us, but uh, I know that their hearts are with us, God. And Father, I pray now that you would also uh, speak through Melody as, she, um, as we open the Word, as we look at Psalm 40. God, I pray that you would uh, just, just really speak through her during this time. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Happy, happy February 4th. What's February 4th? It is a Sunday. Thank you, Brian. Very practical. It's nothing. It's February 4th. But can you believe it's February 4th? But today is Soup Sunday, and I hope you stay for soup. Uh, Brian said that every outlet in the other room is plugged in. Stay for soup. You can catch up with each other, with Ron, and apparently taste a lot of soups from what I know. Um, so uh, yesterday, I do want to mention, we did have a church hike yesterday. Who was there? A lot of us were there, yeah? We have a picture, a couple of pictures to show. The weather was amazing. The trail was amazing. It was perfect weather. We basically walked, there was a swing, I don't know if you can see, there's uh, one of my girls on the swing there. Um, we walked along a creek for almost the entire trail. Uh, there was a rumor that I had slipped and fallen into a bush or a ditch or a creek. Chris actually turned around to look for me. But I was just with another group of people, we were taking our sweet time. And so what a sweet time it was indeed. So thank you, Pastor Stephen, for putting that together. Let's give him a round of applause for doing that. And uh, people, the very, the popular thought and the popular opinion was, hey, let's do this again, let's do this again. So we came up with a date, mark it down, March 16th, 9 a.m., meet right here at New Song, and we will do another trail, okay? It was not bad at all, it was fine. Um, but yes, so save the date, um, we came up with that yesterday. So, all right, let me begin here. We have been in Psalm 40, and if you don't have a copy of this psalm, there is one in the hallway out there. You can go grab it if you like. Um, but we have been in Psalm 40, and the series is called Sing a New Song. And today, indeed, there will be some singing on my part and your part. So everybody get ready for that, yeah? Go, la! No, you're laughing. Come on, I'm serious. La! Okay, we'll get there. It's fine. 
Um, but today, so we know that uh, the psalm that we're looking at was written by David. And if you don't know who David is, and if you don't remember all the things he, he did, he was many things. He was a brave shepherd boy who fought off lions and bears to protect his flock. I'm going to read you this in Samuel. Wherever a lion or a bear, uh, wherever, wherever a lion or a bear came and carried off a lamb from the flock, I went after it, struck it down, and rescued the lamb from its mouth. If it reared up against me, I would grab it by its fur, strike it down, and kill it. Your servant has killed lions and bears. When Israel was at war with the Philistines and no one, nobody in the army would stand up to face their champion in single combat, David stood up and said, send me, I will face him. Also in Samuel, it says, he's speaking here, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. David said to the Philistine, the giant, You come against me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of armies, the God of the ranks of Israel. Today, the Lord will hand you over to me. Today, I will strike you down, and this whole assembly will know that it is not by sword or by spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's. David put his hand in the bag took out a stone, slung it, and hit the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down to the ground. David, King David, yes? No wonder God chose this man to be the next king of Israel. He united nations, he defeated armies, he brought prosperity to the people. And not only that, but he was greatly loved. He was greatly loved. And today, this mighty king, this mighty man, is now saying these words. Troubles without number have surrounded me. My iniquities have overtaken me. I am unable to see. They are more than, hair, they are more than the hairs on my head, and my courage leaves me. that doesn't sound like the same guy, does it? This doesn't sound very mighty and kingly. Let's see what else he says in this section. He says, let all those who intend to take my life be disgraced and confounded. Let those who wish me harm be turned back and humiliated. Let those who say to me, aha, aha, be appalled because of their shame. It sure sounds like King David had a lot of people coming after him, yes? Let those who wish me harm, let those who say to me. It sounds like he has some pretty gnarly trolls after him, if you ask me. How are we here? How are we here? David, King David, mighty warrior, mighty king, from the lions of the from the from the paw of the lion and the bear. How are we here? We were just here in several sections before. We were declaring what God has done, God's ability to save. In the last few sections, he was saying how much he trusts God. And if we look back to where we just came from, right, we've left here, right, I've said it, we've left here feeling like spiritual gangsters, right? Like no one can take us down, right? 
We've left here on this mountain high. We're singing the first, where the first section, David was in a slimy pit. And we left here singing. Sing it with me. Ready? Let's see it, Electra. I will build my life upon your love. It is a what? Right? We left here singing that. And we're like, yeah, let's go. Jesus will give us a rock to stand on. The next week after that, Stephen was up here. And he said in the psalm, Lord, my God, you have done many things. Your wondrous works and your plans for us, nothing can compare to you. There are more that can be told. And we walk out of here singing this. Let's go. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust him, right? We were like, yeah, when we walked out of here. Yeah, just me? Come on. Do you feel it? Yeah. Yeah, thank you. And last week we said David would not conceal his lips. He's a reviewer, if you missed it, right? He's a reviewer. And he said, you know, because of all the ways God has been this, this amazing God, we, sang, I, we, we said we will not conceal our lips. We talked about sharing our story. And we sang, this is my story. Praising my Savior all the day long. Right? We sang that. We said that. How are we here today? How are we here where David wants to run and hide because trouble is coming David, the mighty king, says, I cannot see my courage has left me. Now, we understand that David is human. He is far from perfect. The psalm, as I just said, started off with David again saying, Lord, I seek you. He said, you give me a firm place to stand. He talks about the kind of slimy pit that he got himself into and the declarations he made were about God's saving grace. He knows he's forgiven. We saw that. But here we are again, and he's talking about his sins again. What's going on here? How are we back here? It seems like David is having another crisis. It seems like David is under attack, and he's crying out for help because in this section, in this section, he's being reminded of his past sins, and he is feeling overwhelmed. So maybe it's not a new situation, but he is being reminded. He's feeling the weight and the guilt of his shame, and that's how he is back in this place of fear, back in this place of anxiety, back in this place of crisis. David is under attack. Does this scenario sound at all what some of us might experience sometimes? Sometimes we are in a good place. We are in a good place. And then we're back to trying to keep our heads up. Yes? Yes. I've said it, you know, so many times when we leave here, we feel like, oh, we're on this, again, this mountaintop. And we feel like we understand the grasp of God's love. We understand his affection for us. We know we have been forgiven and we live in a place of grace, but then we're back. We're back in a place. We feel the familiar guilt, the familiar shame, 
for things that maybe we have already confessed, for things that we know we have said, Lord, forgive me. But it comes back and we find ourselves in a place of fear, in a place of anxiety, maybe in a place of crisis. I don't know about you, but when that happens, I feel under attack. I feel like I want to run and hide or stay in my bed or not come to church. It sounds like we may have more in common with this mighty, mighty king than we think. Yes? Today, I want to talk about where these attacks come from. And I think it comes from three places. The three places that attacks come from are from others, are from the enemy, and from ourselves. Three places. Now, some of you might hear these words and think, well, I don't really have anyone coming after me, Melody. I don't really have an enemy. Well, neither do I that I know of. Neither do I, but, you know, and I can, I can tell you that, you know, I don't generally live in a negative space in my head, but let's go through these scenarios and see if we can identify with any of these. So how does the attack come from others? So I think there's two types of attacks. There's very intentional attacks, right? When you know somebody's after you, right? A coworker, a family member, a friend, a whatever, you know that someone is out to get you. What that scenario might be is completely different, maybe, uh, time to time, but it is very intentional. The other scenario is when maybe it's unintentional, maybe it's unintentionally intentional. Those are where it gets a little tricky. That's when it gets a little tricky. Because, you know, when someone is intentionally trying to hurt you, they might attack you, they might try to put you to shame, um, remind you of how you failed in the past, and just blatantly say those things to you, right? And a lot of times, people who use this tactic are people who might be trying to keep some power or control over you. That might be the case here. They might use your past failures or mistakes against you. And that's what sounds like what's happening with David here. But like I said, I think more more, more regularly than not, we face the unintentional type of hurt. And what does that look like? I'd like to tell you about my grandmother, my abuela, my abuela Maria. She was the first woman pastor that I ever saw stand up on a stage. A lot of what you see here has a lot to do with what she was. Um, So I learned a lot from my grandmother. I have a picture here. Look at me. That's me. And that's my my abuela's 80s hair. Look at that. Uh, She had a little birthday segment, and that was me receiving my little birthday pin. Two weeks, by the way, to the day, just so you know. Okay, that's me receiving my little birthday pin right there. And my grandmother, you know, I was very, very close to her growing up, very close to her growing up. My grandmother had a little black book on her desk. Now, not that kind of black book, okay? She had a little black book on her desk, and it was a calendar, a weekly calendar. 
And, you know, it was um, pretty, it pretty much had every detail of everybody's life in there. And it wasn't a secret. It wasn't a diary. She didn't keep it secret. We saw it come out all the time. But in this calendar, she would keep kind of a running list on everybody, right? So Melody called on the 31st. We talked about X, Y, and Z. Uh, Heidi, my sister, Heidi called on the, you know, second. We talked about blah, blah, blah. Um, my nephew came by on this. So like she would, it was kind of like taking notes, right? So she would remember whatever. This book was kind of a running joke in our family because it was, hey, you better call Abuela because it says in her book, you haven't called her since the 31st, okay? So it kind of became, you know, this funny, funny thing. And my aunt actually has her little black books. And so sometimes when we go there, we're like, oh, let's pull out a book and let's see what we were doing in 1988 or whatever, right? Um, But as I grew up, you know, I was really close to her. I confided in her many things. I went to her for advice to many things. And before you know it... I would go to her with a problem or with a situation, and the little black book would somehow magically appear in her hands on her lap. And after a time, I began to really resent this little black book. Because she would pull it out and say like, you know, last year around this time, we were in the same place, weren't we? And if I remember, because it says right here in this book, that you made this choice and this was the result. And I'm like, oh, abuela, that was a different situation, or abuela, that was this, or was that. And I don't think she made, she was doing it intentionally. Do you understand what I'm saying here? She wasn't doing it intentionally to hurt me, but man, sometimes she would say stuff and I would feel awful. I would feel awful because she had a record of things that were my failures, things that were my sins. She had a record of it. And I love her. I miss her dearly. But man, I hated that black book. (laughs) So I think a lot of times, you know, others, yes, others do a lot of things very intentionally. But a lot of times, especially people who are close to us, do it unintentionally. But but it does happen. And it can bring up the feelings of fear and anxiety and, oh boy, I don't want to do that again. Uh, I failed this way. I failed that way. How does the attack come from the enemy? Now, I will tell you something right now that the last 12 hours in my life have been very, very interesting. I will tell you that is not a surprise that Satan is the enemy of God and God's people. We have an enemy. And I don't, I need to be crystal clear without scaring the little children in here. We have an enemy. Let me read you these verses. First, before I say that, I will say that he is always with us and Lord be with us now. Psalm 55, because of the voice of the enemy, because of the pressure of the wicked, they bring, for they bring trouble upon me and in anger they bear a grudge against me. First Peter 5, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls along like a roaring lion looking for someone 
to devour. Ephesians 6, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, pull on full armor of God so that you can take a stand against the devil's schemes. Listen to this. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We have an enemy. We have an enemy in big ways. We have an enemy in small ways. The enemy wants to bring you down so that you can give up. Let me tell you something. We were at my house last night. I'm reading Chris the sermon, and we were writing these things. And I, you know, I hadn't really decided on the verses yet, and I was like, okay, I'm going to read this verse. I'm going to read this verse. Our lights start flickering. And in that moment, I said, Chris, let's stop and pray. Let's stop and pray and claim the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, I don't, again, I don't want to scare, especially my kids who were there last night. Like, I'm not saying the devil is in my house. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the enemy is real. And in that moment, I felt scared. And in that moment, I was like, ooh, should I take this out? Should I take this out of here? Because it's a real thing. But I want to tell you today that the Lord cannot have me. He cannot have my house. He cannot have my family. He cannot have my community here. We belong to the Lord. Amen? So we have to know that attacks, real attacks, and I'm not even going to tell you all the things that happened this morning But there was many things this morning, and I shared with Electra, I shared with the band, there were many, many things that I was like, whoa, Jesus, 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 be with me. Jesus, be with me. The enemy wants to take us down. How does the attack come from ourselves? Now, it may look similar to when it comes from others. We put ourselves down. We tell ourselves we're not good enough. Maybe we tell ourselves we don't deserve good things. We don't deserve love. We don't deserve forgiveness. I have a few people in my life that I constantly have to tell, oh my goodness, you are your own worst enemy. You are your problem. You are standing in your own way. Because, oh, I don't, I don't deserve this. I just, just like a victim mentality that they might have that they don't deserve things. Where does this come from? I'm in no way suggesting that all our problems are our own and we can just pull up our bootstraps and figure them out. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we have a God. And we may say, oh man, I'm gonna mess this up again or why should I bother? I don't ever get this right. My thoughts don't really matter. I'm really not that important. Those thoughts come, and those are attacks on our minds, on our hearts. They're attacks. And sometimes we get very stuck, would you say? We get very stuck in this problem, in this crisis, in this uh, mode of fear, in this mode of anxiety, in this mode of whatever it is, we get stuck in our thoughts and we can't see the way out. So how do we get unstuck? Today, today, I would like to bring someone up who will be able to give us some very practical steps and advice on what to do when we find ourselves going back 
again, back to a place of fear, back to a place of anxiety, back to a really negative space, he's going to teach us maybe a way to change our tone of thinking. Would you help me welcome my favorite therapist in the world, Chris Anderson. I'm also going to ask Stephen and George to bring up a whiteboard. Now, I just heard what you might have heard, my favorite therapist in the world. I don't have like, you know, a gamut of therapists just available to me all the time. But if you are visiting us, he happens to be my husband and he happens to be a therapist. So uh, let me introduce you a little more while the boys bring that up. Uh, Chris is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He has been in practice for about almost 20 years. Uh, He specializes in working with trauma. Uh, in young adults and teens. And so Chris is Chris. Thank you for being here today. Would you welcome him? So I asked Chris because I, um, you know, have heard him. He's told me, you know, just things he's maybe teaching a patient or whatever. And so we thought that today he could perhaps teach us a little bit about the thought process and a little bit about thoughts that have us stuck. So take it away. I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, Melody. And thank you all for having me up here this morning. So as Mel mentioned, I have a lot of uh, experience and background in working with trauma. And uh, one of the things about trauma is that oftentimes what's difficult about somebody working past that is it's really hard to work past beliefs or thoughts that get stuck back because of what happened. Now, that's very specific to trauma, yes. And one of the ways that I work with clients on that is working with some tools to help them change some thoughts back to more helpful, realistic thoughts. So this is going to be a very simple exercise that I'm going to be working on with you guys here. There's a visual up here. Uh, Maybe some of the youth might remember this from last year because I did a little uh, thing in the youth group about, I don't know, last spring sometime. So if you guys remember it, it's a good refresher for you. Uh, This is going to be just a very simple thing, something that I oftentimes take several sessions to work through and do more in-depth work, but this is going to be a very condensed version, okay? So what we're going to do with this here is we're going to talk, oh yes, so I almost forgot, so everybody should have a blank piece of paper in your worship guide. That's just for you to be able to take any notes you may want to take, uh, to draw out, write whatever you feel may be helpful for you to remember from this if you want. Uh, We actually had the whole plan to have a well-formatted, like, little handout for you to take when you left, but that was part of the the challenge this morning, actually. Mm -hmm. So, um, before I get into the exercise, I do want to talk about the notion of being stuck, because you said being stuck, and there's a term that we use in psychology called rumination. And rumination is when you get stuck on a thought, and it's just over and over and over. Almost imagine like a hamster wheel spinning in your head, like it's the same thing going around and around and around and around, but it never gets anywhere. Nothing ever comes out of it. Nothing good comes of it. It's just always there spinning in your head. And when we find ourselves stuck like that, that's where we need a little help to move out of that way of thinking. So what we're going to do today is I'm going to demonstrate a very simple exercise here. So I'm going to use this whiteboard. Thank you, Stephen and George, for bringing this up here. So it's really hard to do this stuff with one hand holding the mic. All right. So I'm going to draw a very simple 
shape up here for you guys to see. Now, I realize, thank you, Electra. So I realize that uh, even having the whiteboard up here may not be as visible for everybody to see, but don't worry, I'm gonna talk everybody through it here. And the reason why I drew a triangle, as you can see on the board here, is the triangle has three points. And on these three points, we're gonna put these three things. On the top, we're gonna put this word thoughts. Okay? Thoughts, very simply, are just the things we think in our head. And the reason why those are different than feelings, which I'm gonna put down here, is that it's easy to get those confused sometimes. And I always tell people, look, feelings are the things you feel in your body, the emotion you feel, thoughts always start up in your head, okay? And then on the other point here, I'm gonna put actions. Back it up. Yeah, thank you so I don't trip over this, all right. So we've got thoughts, feelings, and actions on these three points. Why are we dragging this on a triangle? Let me show you. When we have a thought, that leads down to a feeling. When we have a feeling, that leads over to an action. And when we do something as an action, that also leads to more thoughts. So it's not a complex thing, but it's just meant to visually show you how these things are all related to each other and they're all connected. So one of the things that we work on here is how do we change starting up here with thoughts? Because I don't know if any of you guys have ever tried something like this before, but if you've ever tried to change a thought versus a feeling, oh, good luck. Good luck trying to change a feeling because a feeling is really hard to get yourself out of a feeling, but changing a thought, we have a chance. So we're gonna do a very simple exercise today to show you guys how you can change thoughts. So, can you be my assistant for a sure. moment? Can you hold this while I wipe the board real quick? No. <laughs> so, <clears throat> as I wipe this off here, you guys, because I need the, the space to show up, but we'll leave that up on the, on the slide up there so you can see what we're doing here as far as the different components, okay? So, actually, I'm gonna draw two separate triangles here. Do you want me to draw? So, no, it's okay, I can draw it here. I just need uh, the space. So I'm gonna draw one over here, and I'm gonna draw another one over here. And the reason why we're doing two is because we're gonna change something. So if you hold that, actually, I'll hold this. Okay. All right, so. We have not practiced. <laughs> <laughs> but you're gonna assist me, right? We'll see. Okay. <laughs> Depends on the question. All right, well, <clears throat> so I'd like to give you guys a made-up situation with uh, someone that, probably most people can relate to. And since we have is it, is it about a troubled wife? Is that the scenario? <laughs> no, it's not. Hmm, okay. Good guess, though, but no. <laughs> no, since we have uh, students in the room, I thought it might be helpful to use it a student example here. So I'm going to give you an example of, uh, let's just say, a high school student. I know we have some middle schoolers here, but you guys understand the idea. So a high school student who struggles with self-esteem. And that means that maybe he doesn't think so good about himself, maybe he feels different than other people, doesn't feel like he fits in. Okay, so that's kind of the example we're gonna use here. So let's imagine it's a regular day at high school, this student is walking down the hall in between periods, and as soon as he passes by a group of other students, they immediately start laughing. Now, 
being my assistant here, I'd like to ask you, what do you think this student might be thinking in his head as he walks by this group of other students? They're, la they're laughing at me. Right. Probably pretty basic, right? Because we already set it up that he's already has issues with self-esteem. So he might be thinking they're laughing at me. So I'm just going to write that thought up here. And again, it's okay if you guys can't all see it in the back. We're going to leave that up on the slide there. But I'm just writing down that they're laughing at me. Okay? Now, let's follow that down to the feeling. So, as my assistant here, let me ask you, if he's thinking this in his head, they're laughing at me, what do you imagine he might be feeling? Embarrassed. Yeah, okay. Probably pretty embarrassed. Rejected. All right. Embarrassed, rejected. Sad. That's a good one. All right. So, and we can probably keep going and going. That's fine. That's good to work with. Let's go with what he might do, because the last point is the action. So if he's feeling really embarrassed, really rejected, really sad, what do you imagine he might do as a response? Run away, cry. Run, cry, hide. Okay, maybe any one of those things, sure. You might lash out, right? Okay, yeah. so run, cry, hide. We might even say lash out. Okay. Sounds pretty realistic, right, to what could happen? Okay, so we're going to talk about why we're going to change the thought here. So I know it's made up, so we can change whatever we want because it's all made up. But there's trouble with this thought here. Let me ask you, Melody, what do you think is wrong or not helping <clears throat> with this thought right here? What do you mean? Well, like, do you think this thought is working well for him or do you think it's not a... No. Why? Because... He's, a, he's taking it personally. He's assuming it's about him. Right. So he's taking it personally. He's assuming about him. It's pretty negative, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So there's two points that I want you guys to take, and this may be something you want to take a note on here. <clears throat> Excuse me. So why do we want to change a thought? First question we ask ourselves is this. Is it true? Is it factually true? Because there's a difference. Sometimes we think things are true in our head, but if we ask somebody else... Or if we get other people around us, they'll say, that's not true at all. So is it factually true outside of our head? Okay. So let's ask what here. Is this factually mm -hmm. true based on what we know in the story? No. Well, we don't know, okay? All right. So yeah, that, we don't know. So we don't know if it's true or not. The second question is, is it helping? So Definitely is it true? No. Is it helping? Is this one helping him? No. Okay. So it's not true, possibly, and it's not helping, so we need to change it. That's the criteria for why we want to change it. Okay. So that's why I put the other triangle here. So now we're going to walk through what we could do different. Okay, so let me ask you here, Melody, as my assistant, let's <clears throat> imagine that there's another reason why these students might be laughing. What do you think might be another reason? Another reason why they're laughing? Yeah. Uh, they were looking at something funny. Someone told a joke. Okay, so it could be one of those things. Okay, mm -hmm. so here's what I want to do with that now. So... Let's assume that that's a different thought that he could have had, okay? Because we don't know that this is true. Let's just say someone told a joke. I think that's what you said, right? Mm -hmm. Or looked at something funny. Yeah, okay. So someone told a joke or looked at something funny. All right. So let's assume that that's the thought. So let's do this for a moment here. If everyone could just imagine that this one doesn't exist. We're going to work off of this one over here. So let's just say it's the same situation. Students walking down the hall, walks by a group of other students, they immediately start laughing, but let's assume this is the only thought in his head. Someone oh, someone told a joke. Let's 
follow this down. Okay, let's follow it down to the feeling. What do you think he might be feeling if he's just thinking someone told a joke? Nothing. Or he wants to know what, wants to know what the joke is. Yeah. Curious? Curiosity. Nothing. Yeah. Okay, any one of those, right? That seems realistic. So let me write this here. Curious. He might be feeling nothing. What do you think his response is going to be if he's feeling curious or feels nothing? Uh, he might ask what the joke was. He might just keep on with his day. He might keep on. He might ask. Okay. <clears throat> right. Yeah, so, he might smile. Yeah, so a, he, any one of those things. Now, looking at these two side by side, these are very different, right? Mm -hmm. What was the one thing we changed? The thought. The thought. And it changed everything. Mm -hmm. Now, I realize this is made up, right? So... It's kind of designed to help see how things can change. But let's ask ourselves a question about this thought. Do we know that this is factually true based on the story? No. We don't know. But is it helpful? Yes. Why is it helpful? Because... Because it doesn't lead us down this negative... Yeah, road. he doesn't respond with really difficult feelings. He doesn't run, cry, hide, lash out, all these things that could have consequences for him later, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So... Again, it's just a very simple way to do that. Now, if you would also assist me a little further, let's make this realistic. Can we practice with, like, an example for you? <laughs> we did not rehearse this, people. Maybe. <laughs> so. I have a thought. Okay, what's best, your... Best wife ever. <laughs> I'm, I'm beautiful. You're so lucky. The, okay, Thank you. I'm not, I'm not asking for just thoughts at random here. Oh. But that's, that's, a, that's a good point. So let me ask you more clearly here. Is there something that you struggle with? I doubt you struggle with those other thoughts. <laughs> something that I struggle with, like a thought? Like well, a, a thought or some, maybe like a situation. Something that I run back to a lot? Yeah, maybe because that's pretty relevant here. Or, or like an action that I have that's negative? Sure. Any one of those a, things. A thought? A thought? I know. I'm making uh, it very broad. It's okay. But I, I want to kind of capture this here. In, in... Like, like what's like, just something you struggle with? Something that maybe happens or... Uh, I, I struggle with being impatient. I can be very impatient. Okay. So you struggle with being impatient. Can you give me an example of how that showed up recently? <laughs> with you? No, not with me. <laughs> we don't have that kind of time. Uh, I, I struggle with being impatient, um, like, uh, when we're running late. Okay, so do you have an example of when that happened recently? Uh, yes. <laughs> would, you, would you care to <laughs> I share? I have many. Would you uh, care to share a little bit about that? Uh, last week I was on a timeline, uh, our schedules changed just a little bit, and I had to get everyone to school just a little bit early so I could be at work a little bit early. And I was very impatient. I had a, I had a moment. And what happened in your moment? It's uh, not very pretty. <laughs> it's I, it's I for yelled. the sake of the experiment for everybody so they can okay, see. Okay, so I yelled. I got mad. The kitchen. I I, I got mad too because the kitchen was a mess. And I'll take that. Okay, are thank we you. Writing all this down. Okay, yeah. for the record. <laughs> this is why we're not putting it on the slides. Okay. Okay. All right. So I'm going to start. Now, this is a real example, not a made-up one. So we're going to start on the action because it's always 
ease, this is a tip. If you're looking to use this for yourself later on, it's always easy to go back and look at what you did or how you responded versus trying to remember how you felt or thought. So let's start there. You said that you yelled. I yelled. I maybe, got mad. You, maybe you yelled. Okay. Maybe I yelled. I yelled. <laughs> I got mad. Yelled. Okay. So you're good. So you got the action here. We're going to move backward to feeling. Okay. So that was because you were mad. I was frustrated. Or, and frustrated. I was annoyed. <laughs> Do you want to keep going? Frustrated, annoyed. Oh, this is fine. You can write down as many feelings as you want. Okay. But I have we'll more. Stop. But we'll, we'll stop, stop. there. <laughs> to make it simple, we'll stop there. So let me ask you then, because now we're going to go trace back up to the thought, why were you mad? Because I didn't want to be late. You don't want to be late. Okay. So bear with me, everyone. I'm going to dig a little deeper on this. Oh, okay. Lord. Okay. <laughs> this, is not, this is not a couple's counseling session, but I am going to dig a little deeper. All right. We're going to need one after this, though. Okay. <laughs> so you said you were mad because you didn't want to be late? I didn't want to be late. Okay. Why was that so important to you? Because I had, I had to um, get the kids to school, get to work, and does that answer? Kind of, okay. And this is why it gets tricky, because whenever you're asking a why question about why somebody's thinking something, I'm trying to get at what's deeper than that. What's the deeper thought? Because the deeper thought is the one that needs to change. I didn't want to. I don't want to be late. I don't want my kids to be late. I don't want to be late. I don't want to. Uh huh. You wanted okay. So okay. So you didn't want to be late because you didn't want your kids to be late. You didn't. I want, want people to be responsible. You wanna, I don't want to fail you, you want, them. I don't want to fail work. Uh, I don't okay. Wanna, so I think you you hit it right there. You didn't want to fail. I didn't want to fail. Okay. This is why I'm going there because if this sits deeper because then just. I was upset that the kids were late, the kitchen was messy, things like that. I didn't want to fail. Now, let me ask you, did you feel like you were failing in that moment? Yes. Okay. Very much. So, I didn't want to fail. I was failing. Because that's basically what you said, right? Yes. Okay. So. He's like, it's not what I'm saying, it's what you're saying. <laughs> yes, but I said it. But I think this was really helpful because I think now we can understand with the thought of, I was failing while you felt mad, frustrated, annoyed, and yelled. Yes. Right? Okay. So, let's apply the two questions to this thought here, where you were failing. Okay. Is this, was this true, factually true? Like, this is sometimes terminology I'll use with my clients. Like, would it hold up in a court of law with a jury of your peers? Would they all agree, yes, that's, that's true? Do you think this is true? Like, would your peers agree that that's true? No. Okay. You're very gracious. Thank you. Yes. It's not true. It's not true. You were not failing. Um, so it's not true. Was it helping you to think that? Definitely no. Okay. So now that we've kind of established that that's not a helpful thought, it's not true, we want to change it. This gets a little tricky here with changing it because we could just change it to whatever we want, but it has to be realistic. Otherwise, it's not going to stick. So... Let me ask you another question. Um, what do you think would be a different thought you could have had in that moment of all these things happening around you that you could have thought differently realistically? We'll get to this later. Okay. Like, right, because you said the kitchen was messy, yeah. the kids had to get out the door, like, they were going to be... we have to leave, let's do what we have to do. Let's okay, just so you get could have... Done what we have I thought, done. A different thought could have been, I could deal with these other things later. Yes. Right? Okay. Let's try it. Because again, we don't know, is this going to work or not? Let's try it. Uh, 
I'm just going to put up here. I can deal with this other stuff later. Okay, so let's imagine we're back at that moment where the kitchen is messy. The kids need to get to school on time. You're still thinking all these things need to get done. But instead of feeling like you're failing or thinking that you were failing, let's imagine that this is the only thought in your head. Mm -hmm. I can deal with this later. Let's follow it down. What do you think you'd be feeling with just this one? Um, just like, okay, done. Um, Let's go. Yeah. Let's move on. Maybe for some relief, perhaps. Yeah, I heard uh, that. A feeling? Do you um, think you might feel any one of these? Because it's okay. I mean, I might still be frustrated, right, but I would fair. just, I probably wouldn't have been so mad and so, I don't, I don't know. I All feel right. like I'd still be mad and annoyed. <laughs> okay, but. that's fair. That's fair. We're getting, this, this, the goal of this is not to eliminate a feeling, okay? It's mm-hmm. not to make yourself feel better. It's really just realistic. Like, are oh, we still feel mad, still feel frustrated, and maybe you'd even still feel annoyed. Mm-hmm. All right. But my question now is, would you feel the same level of mad frustrated and annoyed as you would in this situation. Not if I said I can okay, do Okay, so this maybe later. less. Less, for okay. sure. If you were feeling less of those things, do you think you still would have responded with this? No. What do you think you would have done instead? I would have said, let's deal with this later. We got to go. Okay, just move on. Move on, yeah. Okay. So, we see that these are very different. Now, for your real-life example, the feelings kind of didn't change completely, but a little bit. You had a different outcome with a different thought, right? Mm-hmm. Let's ask ourselves if this thought is meeting the criteria of something that would be useful. Is it true, factually true, that you could deal with these things later? Yes. Okay. Is it helpful? Yes. Okay. There we go. That's why we changed it. Do, which one of these do you think would have been a better outcome for you? This. I, I could tell you what would have been a better a clean, outcome for all of us. A clean kitchen would have been the best option, but that's not on here. <laughs> so, this side for sure. Okay, so, thank you for oh. participating. <laughs> here, can you grab this for me? Oh. So, <laughs> thank you all for listening to that and for getting a taste of this. Now, I realize that this is a very quick kind of thing to do. And I would encourage any of you, if you felt like, oh, wow, this might be something I could try, try it, okay? The worst thing you could do is get stuck with it. That's it. And it's that you're no worse off than before. But this is a very helpful thing to do if you find that you get stuck in thoughts where it produces different feelings and different outcomes, which you're not happy about, and you'd like that to change. So a couple words of advice on this that would be helpful to remember. First, remember those two very clear points of advice. When asking yourself if you want to change something, ask yourself, is it factually true? And is it helping you? And if it's neither one of those things, especially not helpful, then you want to change it. When you practice this on your own or you start trying to do this, start small. Don't start digging deep into like, what are my, you know thoughts about deep things from like, you know, past traumas, past pains, past childhood stuff, whatever. Don't don't go there yet because you're going to get stuck real quick. More practice with your weekly kind of average stuff, you know, as far as like, when was I annoyed this week? When did I get upset? When did I lose it on somebody? Or when did I just pull away from somebody and shut down? Those are the things you want to start with before you start digging deeper, okay? And always just remember too that this is just one tool, 
okay? This is not the new song way to do things. It's not. It's just a tool. It's one that I find to be very helpful and effective with my clients, but there are many tools out there of how to change thoughts, and this is not exclusive. So use it if you feel like it's helpful to you, but if you don't, don't worry about it, okay? And I think that's pretty much all I had, unless you had anything else you wanted me to mention here. No, or, no, no, no further nothing questions. else. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Oh, we will. <laughs> oh, you bet we're going to talk about it later. Uh, Steven and George, would you help me pull this down? Because we're going we're gonna to go back to worship in a second here. But that's, that's, I'm, I'm so, so glad that Chris was able to share this because we're going to see how David started this section. And he started it with this, uh, with this thought. He said, Lord, you do not withhold your compassion from me, your constant love and truth will always guide me. That's the thought that David actually started with. And that's, you know, we, uh, during this time of Psalm 40, we have been doing this discipline called Lectio or Lectio Divina. And you may have thought I forgot about this, but I held it off until this time because I want you to ruminate on this thought. Ruminate on this thought. Read it with me. Lord, you do not hold your compassion from me. Your constant love and truth will always guard me. Let's read it again. Lord, you do not withhold your compassion from me. Your constant love and truth will always guard me. Let's read it again. Lord, you do not hold your compassion from me. Your constant love and truth will always guard me. Now, let me be clear on something. If you're feeling like you're under attack, you know, uh, you, know you, you might have other tools. You might want to use this one that Chris did. But if you feel like something is, is coming for you, you're back in a place of fear, you're back in a place of anxiety, you're back in a state of crisis, you go straight to God with that. You go straight to God. This tools can never, never replace what God can do. In Hebrews 4, it says, let us then approach the throne of God, approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And this is the confidence of David. This is the confidence we have as well. Where do we go back in our time of need? Straight back to the throne of grace. It's, imagine those two triangles next time something like that happens for you. Do I want to go to this side where it's the triangle of anxiety and fear and reminding myself of failures? Or do I want to go to this place where I can put the, this right here? God's throne of grace, of confidence, of all these things. These moments will creep back in again and again as we saw David, the mighty warrior, the fighter of lions and bears and all the things he goes back. In Samuel 17, he says, the Lord saves for the battle is the Lord's. David said the battle is Lord's. We have victory in Christ. And we have victory in things that will last beyond our time. We have situations. We have things that, oh boy, they want to bring us down. They want to bring us down. We don't just want to leave here on a Sunday and have that Sunday mountaintop feeling, right? Spiritual gangsters. I'm going to get a shirt. 
There is a shirt, actually, that says spiritual gangsters. I think I've seen it. But we want to walk out of here. We want to live in the place. We want to live in the place of grace and of mercy and a place where we say the battle is the Lord's. Again, the way David started, Lord, you do not withhold your compassion from me. Your constant love and truth will always guard me. I'm going to invite Chris back up here. And he is, yes, a professional in our field, but he is also our brother in Christ. And he is chairman of the elder board here at New Song. And the elders, along with Grant and I, they are charged with the spiritual well-being of this community. And usually one of us pastors leads communion. But today, I asked Chris to lead us. Will you lead us in communion today? Yes, I will. Thank you. You know, when Melody asked me to do this, I thought, oh my gosh, how am I going to come up with the, the right words to share? Like her and Grant, you know, are so practiced at this every week and they always know kind of what to say and how to really connect everything. But you know what the truth is? We don't need well-practiced speeches about gathering for communion. Sure, we can talk about why we do this every week and we say that often, but, you know, I was really struck with the words that Melody was sharing about declaring that the battle is the Lord's. And we can think in those terms of like a crisis for us or uh, forms of attack. But we can also think about that in terms for just our whole lives in general. Like the battle belongs to the Lord. And the truth is, the reason why we take communion, the reason why we do this so often is we're declaring the victory of Christ over everything in our lives because the battle belongs to the Lord. He has already won the victory. We do this in remembrance of that. And as they've said before, there's nothing magical about this. There's nothing about this that you can't be uh, a real Christian if you don't do this. Well, no, this is just an opportunity for us to say, yes, Lord, we declare that this belongs to you. Everything in life belongs to you. You have the victory over us, over all of our thoughts, over all of our attacks, over everything, every aspect of our lives. So I'd like us to reflect on that as we move into communion time now. Uh, Melody and I are going to be here at the front. Uh, we have Scott and Stephen in the back. So please take your time. Please move in silence and respect for everybody here to take the elements. And let's hold on to those. And we'll take them here together in just a moment. We hold these elements and we hold the promise of Jesus himself. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Let's go ahead and take the bread. And he said, this is my blood, which covers over your sins. Let's take the cup. Let us remember that God's promises are true. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to remember and celebrate what you've done. It doesn't matter how many times we do it, over and over and over, it still has the same power because the same Spirit is with us as we take these elements together.
May you go before us, behind us, and all around us. And may your promises hold true. And we declare that in your name, Jesus. Amen. trip talk about the enemy what I say you can't have me guess who caught me Jesus I mean that's a silly example and not true I just wasn't looking but like come on we have to believe it we have to believe that we don't belong in a place of fear we don't belong in a place of anxiety we are not supposed to live in a place of crisis The battle is won for us. We are not slaves to those things. Let's sing this song and let's declare it together. Will you stand?